Top 10 Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. And welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks. The show, live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. We are built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, Gamecock owned and operated, where you can build your dream home as low as $160 per square foot. If you haven't seen these things, they are the new best thing that you can get. If you are looking to build on a piece of property or that is something you plan to do down the road, make sure you head to the barndominiumco.com. They have become one of the nation's best builders. That is an award that they have won. It's not something we're just saying. The barndominiumco.com. If you watch our programming, you will see in the uh, commercials a couple of times uh, throughout the next couple of hours exactly what they do it is incredibly unique and it's in the carolinas it is in georgia and it is in tennessee and beyond that soon uh so make sure you check them out at the barndominiumco.com jc jb and phil here until one o'clock this afternoon we'll be joined in just a little bit about 15 minutes or so down the road by Stuart lake south carolina is in the bluegrass tonight and throughout the weekend to take on the wildcats of kentucky it's a top four RPI matchup. It is a huge, huge opportunity for South Carolina to further secure their place as a top eight national seed, which would, of course, secure home field advantage throughout the postseason if they continue to play throughout the postseason and on towards Omaha. We will probably have him via phone only today. Uh, He's got a couple of things going on, uh, but certainly looking forward to getting Coach Lake in he can describe playing at Kentucky for you because um, it's rather unique. We'll uh, put it that way. It's a big weekend in Kentucky, by the way. There's something called the Derby that we'll be running tomorrow night at 6.57 p.m., but coverage will begin probably now, much like the Super Bowl. They uh, just uh, get on as early as they can and air a bunch of stories and this, that, and the other. So uh, make sure you check that out. A reminder, Joe Rice's horse confidence game is running and last I checked 20 to 1 I have not checked this morning so I'm not exactly sure um what those odds look like guys but uh, that's where I'll be laying my money and my allegiance this weekend if that makes sense we'll get into some Carolina football of course today 
the rest of the SEC weekend is pretty wild in terms of baseball, if you happen to, to miss any of that yesterday. Also, beginning next week, uh, J.C. and Phil and myself, in collaboration with Michael Haney, Michael Haney Music, and his new song, Born to Crow, will be launching the Born to Crow series that will air weekly on our program with a Gamecock legend. Next week, though, are you all ready for this? I know you two know. Next week, we'll air three of them to launch it. One will be former soccer coach Mark Burson, who is being inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame. One will be Don Ellerby former track and field star at South Carolina, who's being inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame, the state of South Carolina. The other will be one many of you saw a lot in your lifetime, both in college and in the NFL, and it is none other than former All-American wide receiver Robert Brooks, uh, who will join us on our program next week. So, um we continue to live our dreams here, boys and girls, as we get to meet some of the great legends at the University of South Carolina. That is all part of our collaboration with Born to Crow, Michael Haney, and, of course, next week with the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame, welcoming Robert Brooks, Don Ellerby, and Mark Person into our program. Cannot wait for that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Robert Brooks, uh, I guess he and Sterling Sharp really started the whole Gamecock receivers, uh, plethora of Gamecock receivers in the NFL. I think before that, maybe Ira Hillary, a couple other guys got a shot. But uh, Sterling Sharp goes to the Packers, and then next thing you know, Robert Brooks is in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, took over for Sterling and, and had a very long career. Uh, and, you know, that that led forward to guys like, um, you know, Sidney Rice getting drafted, Troy Williamson getting drafted in the first round. and. Uh, on up through the the, the three, like, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, Brian Edwards, Shai Smith, and through all the Spurrier era. So uh, he kind of helped get things started back in the day. Um, and everybody was worried about replacing not only Sterling Sharp, but Ryan Bethea in yep. 1988. And then here comes this kid, Robert Brooks, against Georgia on TBS, making a one-handed touchdown catch from Todd Ellis. And uh, they didn't really miss a beat. So, uh, I mean, they did miss a beat, but that was for other reasons. <laughs> There's a reason Al Grove has only coached offense one year in his entire career, uh, and that was at South Carolina in 1988. Mm-hmm. But um, And then a lot of stuff actually happened toward the end of that year off the field. But, uh, you know, Brooks had a great career at Carolina, and uh, Don Ellerby certainly is a track and field legend. And, you know, Mark Burson uh, was one of the first coaches at the, you know, outside of think of the baseball program, that men's soccer program played for the national championship, lost to Virginia in the final game. But that after outside of baseball in the seventies, that that's the only time before this recent run, the Gamecocks have played for a national title in a team sport. So uh, pretty big time guest there. I'll have to brush up on my soccer and my track. Uh, that means I'll call, uh, call Whittle for, for soccer, so, yeah, Whittle, but uh, yeah. track, I'll just kind of maybe do some research on my own, but uh, certainly uh, love the Born to Crow series idea. We'll have those archived for you guys on YouTube on a separate channel. Uh, we'll 
you know, cut those up and uh, maybe even we'll release it in podcast form as mm-hmm. kind of a bonus clip uh, from time to time. I, I'm not quite sure about that. We got some, we got some uh, cleaning up to do on the podcast uh, distribution end, but uh, certainly I think that's great content, especially for the summer. Uh, always nice to, to get different uh, Gamecock voices here on the show, all voices really, but uh, it certainly is a pleasure to be talking to some of these legends and, you know, soon to be South Carolina Athletics Hall of Famers. Yeah, you know, um, Phil, it's it. This is a series that is going to be really unique because uh, there is so much that goes beyond the uniform or the jersey, uh, and and that's one of the things that we're going to really do uh, forever. You know, as long as we do this this series, which it's it's just going to keep on going. Um, we, you know, we'll dig deep into the lives of these people and, um, we'll, we'll keep them as long as they'll stay with us and, and not only talk to them about their career at Carolina, but why they chose South Carolina, how they grew up and, and this, that, and the other. It's amazing the stories you hear. That's all. There's a, it, look, I've been doing media a long time. JC, you've been doing media a long time. Uh, Phil, you're a little wet behind the ears with it, but you figured it out pretty quickly that the stories that people enjoy the most are the ones that you have no idea what's coming. Uh, beyond the stats and beyond the big moments and stuff like that. It's all the stuff behind the scenes that people always go, whoa, that was an incredible segment. And that's really what this is all about, getting to know those that we've pulled for, uh, even those that maybe we knew of, but we didn't really pull for them because they might be in a, a sport we didn't pay as much attention to. Uh, but the stories of these individuals are just going to be fantastic to tell on our program. And next week they'll coincide with the fact that all three of these individuals will be inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame, which is the highest honor that you can achieve in this state. Yeah, it'd be nice to shine some light on some names you haven't thought of in a while and, you know, get to know them a little better, uh, you know, a little better as well as, you know, hey, what are they doing now? I mean, yeah. a lot of them are doing some interesting things that you're just unaware of now. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, Robert, everybody knows Robert Brooks. Like, I mean, come on. You know, he's Robert Brooks. When I, I mentioned this to my cousin last weekend when I knew we were getting him. I was telling him at the Carolina Rise event. And um, and he was he looked at me like like he was a kid again. Like he was 10 years old watching Robert Brooks and williams Bryce Stadium. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. You skipped one, though, JC. You skipped my, my, my dude. You skipped Zola Davis. I mean, Zola Davis was my guy uh, yeah, back I mean, in the early 90s, man. Look, is Zola, Jermail Kelly, Brian Scott, that era, yeah. those guys didn't do much in the pros, though. So that, that that's why I maybe skipped over that. But um, he uh, certainly, I mean, you can go Eddie Miller, Carl Platt, uh, a lot of great receivers that, that yeah. maybe didn't make it to the pros. But, um, you know, it was uh, there was kind of a gap between Brooks and uh, I think Troy. Williamson, as far as all that goes. But yeah, Zola Davis, I think, still has the record for passes caught in a single game. I think he had 14 against Vanderbilt 14, during the yeah. 1 10 Brad Scott debacle. Yeah. Game got scored 14 points. He had 14 receptions. That was yeah. a weird crack. Yeah. But um, yeah, certainly Zola was really good. And, you know, a lot of these guys were, you know, during that era. And, um, you know, I think South Carolina. Uh, through the years has developed quite a good reputation for developing wide receivers, which is uh, interesting in these times because the school up the road also has a strong case about uh, wide receiver U and uh, a lot of the great Gamecock receivers, crazy enough, did not have offers 
from the school of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Williams were two guys that the Gamecock staff at the time, Spurrier Jr. wasn't all, they weren't all that fired up about those guys. So it's been kind of a weird crisscross with the in-state schools as far as, uh, you know, quality receivers from both in and out of state, but they both have done a great job of, of churning out elite guys at that position. So it's, it's kind of a very interesting thing. Because uh, so many times people talk about, well, if Clemson's doing well, Carolina can't possibly do well. Uh, I think that kind of shows you that and the fact the Gamecocks beat a double-digit win Clemson team uh, just about every time during that five-game win streak and mm-hmm. plus beat the ACC champions this year. I think that shows you both schools can be up at the same time, uh, you know, in terms of having enough talent, enough players uh, to go compete in their respective conferences. Yeah, there's no, there is, uh, there's, there's no question. They absolutely can, and um, of course, if you poll the Carolina fan base, that they'll never give you most, most of them at least won't, won't give you the PC answer of, well, I like it when both schools are really good, so you know we can we can beat them when they're good, and you know we want the competition. They don't. Let's be honest. Nah, you know, pull for Clemson, them to lose every game. Yeah, Clemson fans don't pull for Carolina. Carolina fans don't now, pull for Clemson. Now, I, I will say this. I'll pull for them in men's basketball because usually that game's early, and if Carolina is in the mix for the tournament, you know, the more they win, especially against when the ACC's up, I mean, it's been – obviously it was down this year, allegedly. Um, when the ACC's up, I mean, they can churn out the quality wins and it can help your RPI. So, uh, I, I, but that's that sport. I mean, baseball, football, tiddlywinks. Softball now is a big point of contention. Uh, I don't think anybody really uh, will, will be pulling for the Tigers and, and vice versa, and rightfully so. Well, can't wait for that. Uh, next week, our Born to Crow series kicks off again. Robert Brooks, Don Ellerby, Mark Burson will be the uh, the uh, the first three to, to lead it off, and then they'll be inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame. So can't wait. Uh, hat tip to Tony Shufo. Uh, with uh, the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame for assisting us and getting this set up and and really can't wait. It'll be in the middle of the week next week, and on Monday we'll have the official roster in which you will be able to uh, watch all of them on our programming. We we certainly hope you'll join us there. Last night, guys, in baseball, just hours after their head coach was fired, Alabama thumped fifth-ranked Vanderbilt 11-2 to in Tuscaloosa, further trying to cement their – place in the postseason Vandy's in uh but uh Bama is has been in and and with that win last night gives them a little bit of a better crack at it we'll see if they can win the series tonight but I already already getting texts and you know I'm not going to start any rumors so if anybody takes this and spreads it as one I'm going to hunt you down and find you but I can't tell you how many multiple texts or how many texts I got yesterday you know, do you think Monty? Do you think Monty's going to be on the list at Alabama? Do you think Monty's going to be on the list at Alabama? Do you think Monty's going to be on the list at Alabama? I'm sure he will be. He's an excellent baseball coach. But here's my two cents on this, uh, and then I know we got to hit a timeout with um, with Coach Lake coming up. I think if you look in the state of Alabama, look at what Mark Calvey's accomplished at South Alabama, a place that really had no history till he got there and turned it around. They've They've been to the postseason three or four times with 40-plus wins three or four times. Look at what Skylar Mead is doing at Troy. Those guys, are they, they will get calls. 
Whether they're the guy, I don't know. Here's what I do know, and y'all both know this. I don't care what sport it is at Alabama. They don't like finishing fifth to seventh in that division in anything. And generally, that's where Alabama baseball is. They have plenty of money, and they will go for whoever they want to go th- go go for. What uh, Maybe Monty gets a call. He should. He's one of the better coaches out there. More than likely, Sully at fl- fl- Sully's flirted with different jobs in the SEC, including South Carolina, right? Alabama's probably going to take their crack at it, too. Is he interested? They're probably going to call the guy at Wake Forest. They're probably going to call the guy at Duke. They're probably going to call the guy at Campbell. I mean, they're going to call. They're probably going to call another coach or two in the SEC. They're going to call big names because they want to hire a big name at Alabama to get that program going. Auburn just went to the World Series last year. They don't like that, and they sure as hell don't like the fact that Arkansas, LSU, A and M, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, regardless of record in 2023 are consistently better than the Tide. Uh, so for that question, I'm sure is going to come up today at some point in time. Wanted to at least get my two cents out on it, that I think Alabama will will throw their weight around as much as they can to hire the best name that they can for their baseball program. Yeah, I'd hate to see money go, you know, and really just – but, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, JB, it's like he probably gets a call, but Alabama's looking for somebody – probably a a big name to revive this program (laughs) yeah i I mean like i don't mean this disrespectful at all to money like no no not not at all and but i i money is not an alabama guy he's from the state of south carolina so selling him and he knows i mean he would tell you this selling him to that fan base as a guy that got you know let go at clemson (laughs) you know an assistant coach at south carolina like there'd be a lot of people it would eventually calm down and accept it, but there'd be a lot of people wondering, wait a second, we're Alabama. Why are we hiring a guy who quote unquote got fired at Clemson? Uh, that's just the image. Doesn't mean that he couldn't, he's, he, he couldn't handle the job because he absolutely can. Money's kind of an SEC guy in the way the game's played in this league. So we'll see what comes of it. But, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's some big news and certainly, uh, probably. At some point in time down the road, you know, there will be another job that comes open in the SEC or somewhere near us, and his name's always going to come up. And when you're one of the best, your name's going to float out there, and and we'll just need to need to understand and expect and respect that. All right. Speaking of respect, we got a lot of that for Stuart Lake. We'll hit a timeout, and when we return, Coach Lake will join us to preview this weekend series up in Kentucky between the third-ranked Gamecocks and the Wildcats at Kentucky Proud Park. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Company. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John and his team to talk about how they can bring some more sunshine into your life. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Sertfoss and the Cobalt Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with her for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And we're happy to be joined again by Coach Stuart Lake on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. Uh, Coach, you're not being here last week. It's the reason we lost that series at home. I'm just going <laughs> to open up with that well, and put that out there. <laughs> well, I don't want all that blame put on me. I, I, so hopefully that means then if we win this one, I get credit. I'll go with that. Oh, definitely. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like being a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm uh, in the car again. As you can tell, I've come over. Uh, Region 10 Junior College Tournament is here in Lexington. And uh, Mr. Bill Shanahan's always been a good friend of mine. And so come over. Uh, USC Sumter just beat USC Union. Uh, I believe it ended up 8-2 to two or 8-3. to three. I'm not sure which one. How's, uh, how's SMC doing? They, they came in. I'm just looking at the tournament bracket. So they came in fourth in the region this year. So they'll play. Uh, the third game here today. Next game is Gaston versus um, Lewisburg. 
Oh, yeah, I remember when I played at Lewisburg one year, we, let's see, we faced a second rounder, a third rounder, and the second rounder was a tall kid who hit me with a 97 mile an hour fastball on the hip bone. And it was about oh. eight degrees up there. Felt good. And then he tried <laughs> to take me off. I was like, dude, I'm a catcher. I'm not going anywhere. Um, well, yeah, hey, they, you know what? That brings, that brings up an interesting points. question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, loaded. Loaded over the years. Let me ask you a question real quick before we get into the series. Um, with the transfer portal, Coach, because I was a JUCO guy. You played some JUCO ball. Um, yep. We've long seen what junior college does for – I mean, we'll just use South Carolina because it's a Gamecock show. But, I mean, over the years, clearly Coach Tanner utilized the, the JUCO ranks to, to fill in the gaps in his roster. Um, how, how big of a hit have they taken with, with the opening of the portal? I don't think we've seen it yet. I do think, okay. unfortunately, we may if if the trend continues with the portal. Um, you got to think the portal. There's going to be some adjustments too with it of of, of how it kind of goes in the next few years. But I've asked a lot of junior college coaches. Right now, they're not seeing as big a hit yet. But I okay. do know today there are multiple college coaches here today. You know, I'm just walking around the ballpark and saw at least four or five that are here this morning. You know, kind of – it's so hard to recruit in baseball because you're still playing. So, I mean, it's – really, you're sending an assistant to miss a game if he's recruiting during baseball season. It's kind of hard for us to do it. But um, I think you will see a hit if the trend continues because it's just – you got so much evidence of a player playing Division One that to go back to junior college – ranked but uh, i still think it's a big place for it for sure well i hope so juco juco is uh at least speaking from the baseball side it's it is a really good thing it's been so good to this sport for a long time and and uh for the players and the programs and and i hope that that will uh will continue to be the case all right coach um so here we go this weekend now now well actually i got one more nugget to get in before we get into the series Okay. Listening to you and Coach Tanner last week, man, that was that was awesome, man. I mean, why why don't y'all do this more often? It just call, tell him to get out of the suite, walk down the hallway, <laughs> and and hop in the booth. That's that's golden golden TV stuff there. Well, I I'd be honest, I you hear bucket list. That was one of mine. You know, really, I know you guys know how much I respect him and value him but to get in that environment and let people just see him kind of take those ad glasses off a minute and be that baseball guy that i knew and uh, i wanted to keep him in there longer they were trying to get him out after the third so i closed the door to the to the booth and the guy was scared to come in because i put a sign that said do not disturb you know live and then after four innings the guy just opened the door and he was like, hey, coach has got to go. We need him in the suite to to shake some hands and, and kiss babies. But uh, it was fun. My wife, who hardly ever listens to me, she hears enough of me. She said, now that I can listen to. She goes, you two were actually very fun. And for her, too, just to hear Coach Tanner still inside Ray Tanner. Yeah. And when you can get it out of him and to start hearing him break down stuff, still want to Still the best baseball mind I've ever got to be in a dugout with. He, he's he's brilliant. He really is. I've never I've never talked to anybody that knows the game better than Coach Tanner, and he's pretty good in TV too. He knows when to get in and get out. 
yeah. get in, get out. Uh, yeah, he's a pro. Well, I mean, God help the guy that has to tell the AD, Coach, you have to get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, it was Tyson Lusk. He's one of the head of the okay. Gamecock club. So Tyson had had enough. He he gets mad at me and Coach Tanner anyway because we tell a lot of stories when we were donors. So he was worried about us to begin with. And uh, he said, so my worry was was true. I knew you two would not stop talking. So, yeah, he put the kibosh on us after the fourth inning. <laughs> well, at least it was him. Yeah, it wasn't some, like, intern. Like, yeah, that would uh, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't, that wouldn't <laughs> go well. It was a higher up. Yeah, hey, Tyson's got some pull, that's for sure. All right, Coach, yeah. uh, it is Kentucky this weekend. They, of course, have had some struggles lately, but – but they're at home this weekend, and, and they've been pretty good there. It's a great weekend in the state of Kentucky with the Derby running. As yes. we all know, Derek pointed out yesterday, it's also graduation weekend, so getting a hotel room was a little interesting. But nonetheless, they got one. Um, coming off of the, the, the Auburn series loss, um, you could call that unexpected, but but they, they survived on Sunday and, and didn't get swept. So, you know, where, where are they? Uh, going into this series uh, on the road, I know the last time Carolina was there in 21, they did sweep Kentucky, but historically had certainly had some issues up there. Um, you know, where do you think this team is with three weeks to go in the regular season going to a place that, that is tough to play in? Well, it's it's not as tough anymore, and I say that. The old stadium, I don't know if y'all ever went to where they used to play. Yeah, That was misery. I mean, oh. it was just – it was a dugout. It was no, it was no locker room connected, no restroom. It was always freezing cold. So when we went there in twenty one, we thought we were in paradise. You got this nice locker room now. We had heaters, and we started off game one that Friday night with seven straight hits. It was crazy. If y'all remember, we jumped on them in that very first game and rolled, and went on to win a series at Kentucky for the first time that I remembered winning in Kentucky a series with that kind of relative ease but when you ask me where are the Gamecocks they're one game away from that magic number which is 15 and yeah. we certainly hope they get more than 15 but if you can get 15 you're in postseason play mm-hmm. and when you get to 15 you can now start over the next few weeks hopefully competing to win the whole SEC or the SEC East so this weekend you still got a lot going for you but you're going to run into a Kentucky team than what I thought Auburn had last weekend. They just they just threw it all out there. They knew they had to win. You don't steal home in the first in or the first inning of game one without just saying we're pushing our money on the table and hoping it works out. And that's how Auburn attacked them. I think they kind of with all South Carolina still trying to figure out with lineups and you know just different things. I think they just kind of came in and threw the first punch. I think that prepares them for Kentucky this weekend who Kentucky's going to need to do some same stuff because they've got to get themselves up off the mat. They've lost several series in a row right now that they were, you know, rolling. And now they're not in the top 25. So I think they're going to face another team with their back against the wall. Yeah, Coach, they're uh, three and seven in their last 10 games. They've lost four in a row, and they've scored a combined nine runs in those last four games. I don't want to jinx South Carolina, um, of course. I probably just did. So, 
somebody can hold me accountable to that on Monday. Can you not say jinx them and not jinx? Does that work that way? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That might, that might, okay. I might be able to reverse this here. Uh, um, yeah, reverse jinx. So, the, yeah, exactly. Now, Will Sanders is going to get the ball tonight. And, and so there's, there's a couple of things to, to lump into this conversation with him. Number one, we know how good he can be. Um, and uh, after that week off, he seemingly it felt like he was headed in the in the right direction. Had a tough Friday night uh, last week. Uh, Will has had a tendency at times to to give up the long ball. That's a park that the ball can get out of there in a hurry. Yeah. Kentucky also doesn't hit a lot of home runs. They're more of a small ball type team. Derek pointed out with us yesterday that with Carolina banged up on the infield, there's. Kentucky's probably going to try to push that envelope a little bit and see how much they can get out of it. So, you know, talk to us about Will Sanders and and what he needs to be a, capable of doing tonight in order for Carolina to escape with a game one win. Well, and y'all know I've been a Will Sanders fan, and I'm still a Will Sanders fan. Last mm-hmm. weekend I'm sitting in the booth, so I had a view of it that I don't when I'm just there watching the game. The fastball last week was just really flat. And that's going to be something this week with the Kentucky team. I do think they're going to really try to put a lot of pressure on with the small ball for bunt for hits, moving guys over. It just felt like last week Auburn was ready to hit strike one and strike one was in the zone and it was no real deception to it. So I'm sure coach Parker and, and will have kind of set back with the idea of, Hey, maybe I think tonight might see more breaking balls early in counts to try to at least get those hitters a little, out of that aggressive mode because I thought Auburn did a great job of being ready to hit the fastball. And as we all know now, because of Trackman and it's another version of Hawkeye that tells if these umpires are calling balls and strikes, there is no big zone anymore. So that breaking ball that you used to could get maybe even a baseball or two off the plate, they don't call them strikes in the college game right now. So last week, all of Will's breaking balls are out of the zone. Auburn didn't chase. And the fastball was just really straight in the zone. So I think you'll see him this week, I would feel, maybe try to elevate the fastball a little more, which is harder to bunt, and try to see a lot more first pitch off-speed pitches. I I love his changeup still, but I think he's going to have to get that breaking ball in the strike zone to kind of keep the hitters a little off balance. Yeah, it's it it has felt like to me – and again, this is just from watching from afar. I've seen him pitch in person twice. That's it. That, you know, he'll have a week where one or two of his pitches are really working well. But, you know, just, but he's good enough to, he's good enough to have a great night when only one or two are, are working really well. That's, yeah. that's why so many people still project him in the first round. I still just don't think we've seen that day where all three of them, you know, he's feeling it that that just get give me the ball back as fast as you can so I can throw the next pitch. Like I just yeah. I just feel like it hasn't totally come together for him. We know it's in there. We've seen it. We've seen it a bunch at Carolina. It's there. Um, yeah. And so hopefully, you know, that comes tonight. I mean, I, I'm not sure how to diagnose that coach, but, you know, at some point in time, it's got to click for him because he's got all three of them. They just haven't all coincided with one another on the same evening. I agree. And, you know, you hope sometimes you get on that different mound. You wake up this morning in a a hotel instead of waking up at home with the routine. If you were going to shake up your routine, it would be after a start like last Friday. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that 
Kentucky, the, what Auburn did, and I'm sure Kentucky watched the game film, they really attacked him. I yeah. mean, there were very few pitches taken. I mean, it was, again, they were stealing. They were trying to really force him to be quicker to the plate. I, I just feel that's what Kentucky's got to try to do tonight. And for Will to match it, he's going to have to throw breaking ball changeups. He's going to have to throw them for strikes. The umpires are not going to give you out of the zone. And I just, I still feel that's the biggest thing tonight against this type of Kentucky hitting team is going to have to do. Stuart Lake joining us from a ballpark near you in Lexington, South <laughs> Carolina. Um, Coach, one of the things that this team's been really good about this year is picking one another up. And, and they've continued to, to kind of get banged up. And, and hopefully all these guys will be back by the end of the year. And, and that'll coincide with them staying hot into the postseason, which would be really a magical situation for Gamecock baseball. With that said, um, <laughs> in the in the Winthrop game the other day, uh, when uh, Will Tippett, after he hit his second home run, his next at bat, Derek referred to him on the radio as a slugger, which has certainly come out of nowhere without his three-run homer last weekend. Carolina probably uh, is swept in that series, not to mention the fact that a guy named Caleb Denny has reemerged. And he is eight for his last 13, I think, if my math is correct here. And, wow, do they need him right now, especially going to Lexington where you can get the ball out of right field in a hurry. So between Caleb Denny and Gavin Casas in a short porch and right, that's something I'll be keeping my eyes on tonight. Yeah. Remember Caleb Denny pinch hit last week versus a lefty which I was doing it on TV, and now the numbers of the lefty he went against were really high versus left-handed hitter, so it made a lot of sense. But it's amazing how that got him jump-started, hit a hard single right through the middle because there was no pressure, no – Caleb Denny was a three-hole hitter for this team. And I think we all liked when he was a three-hole hitter, mentally moved into the leadoff spot, and it just – it did much. something to him. We don't know what it did. And the coaches don't know what it did, but it did something to him mentally that didn't allow him to be that same aggressive hitter that we saw in the three-hole. And what I've seen in the last 14 at-bats is the guy that started hitting in the three-hole at the beginning of the year. So I think he could be a huge part of this offense down the line. I do think you'll get Wimmer back, but it's a hamstring. So maybe it's not next weekend. Maybe it's not to the SEC tournament. Then you got to wonder, do you play much in the SEC tournament? because then you're setting yourself up for the regional. So Coach Kingston, those guys will have to be trying to figure yourself out. Lee Croy, the at-bat that we saw last weekend, the way he responded running, mm. well, he didn't look right. He was ready to get back in there from what we saw. So, yeah. And then I think you're going to have to figure I don't see Braswell coming out to me. I mean, he's either going to yeah. put him at second or third. McGillis, I talked to him this week, uh, still trying to get comfortable. You know, they've got to cast off. They're letting you start doing more things. But he didn't look at me and say, hey, I'm going to play against so-and-so. I think he's still trying to see when that bone and that arm strengthen enough where he can compete at a high level. You know, I was I was at my, um, my nephew's uh, 13-year-old game last night, and he's having an issue getting his hands into the hitting position. He's, he's kind of right here, you know, and in front of, you know, basically off the center of his chest. And I – I was explaining to him, I said, look, I know you're not going to listen to me. I know you're not going to listen to your dad. And, and some of these people that are in your corner that actually know a little bit about this. But when you watch the Carolina game tomorrow night, watch Caleb Denny and watch him yeah. get his hands into, into a position to hit. 
and how he throws him through the zone. I mean, his swing is big and long and powerful, but his hands get there so quick. And, and that's just – that was something I was watching with him all along, Coach, was trying to see where he was because uh, you just felt like – I think Monty had mentioned it, J.C., on, a, on our show a couple of weeks ago. And sometimes when guys struggle – um, they they start adjusting things they probably really don't even need to adjust, but that's just what they think they need to do, and then they end up right back where they were anyways, and uh, and that's kind of what it felt like with Caleb Denny. But my gosh, he he sure looked great last weekend, and it wasn't all or nothing. I mean, he was spraying the ball all over the yard, um, so we'll we'll kind of see see if that uh, maintains itself this weekend. Uh, Cole Messina is um, this kid is remarkable. I mean, he really is. I mean, he he's the heart and soul of the team. He he he's always fired up over something, um, but he's he's turned into a hell of a catcher at this yeah. level, and uh, he he's played at first. Now they've got him at third, and he's willingly walking into the to the locker room saying, "Coach, just put me wherever you need to put me. I'll figure it out." Yeah. So so um, Derek Derek also mentioned him yesterday, and I wanted to get your thought on this because you know you're as a as a former head coach, assistant coach, and everything in between. He, he's going to have a lot to handle down there when they start laying bunts down and things like that. So uh, walk me through what Cole Messina is going to see at third this weekend. Well, I said it last weekend. It, one, I was concerned because he's done such a good job catching. I hated to see the pitching staff lose him. But going to third in Division One level, much less the SEC level, is extremely hard because you just haven't had a ton of reps. I mean, you don't really get to be out there when you were the starting catcher. You're not preparing to be the starting third baseman as the starting catcher. But I do think now he's a lot more – we know how athletic he is. His body tends to look more like a catcher, but he runs like an outfielder at times. So I do think his athletic ability will help him at third. And the other part that will help him at third, as you know, you don't play third with fear. You, you just can't play third base if you don't mind being in four or five steps. And he's a guy that will get in there. Now, the turf at Kentucky, that ball's going to get to you. It's a different turf than Vanderbilt. I know Bobby Harden is a guy that always calls me, won't know about turf. So Bobby <laughs> will be mad all weekend because I haven't mentioned to him that Kentucky has turf. But it's a different, it's a newer version of the turf. Vanderbilt's is a little bit older. So where we're used to being, quote, in the grass, you can almost play a little deeper on this turf because the ball gets to you. They've got a really quick turf at Kentucky. Let Bobby get about three or four crowns in him, and your phone will start blowing up over something he ain't happy about. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) He'll be on that back porch tonight telling me I should have told somebody something. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, man, Kentucky, look, man, they're, they're you know, they're, this is a really – there are some teams, Kentucky, uh, Clemson now, uh, who have – it's such a wide spectrum about what their postseason lives look like. I mean, Kentucky, they, they could get hot and play their way all well into a host position. They also could really struggle down the stretch with what's left on their – schedule and you would think this isn't possible but miss the tournament but it is possible um and and the fact that they've lost you know seven of their last 10 games they know the opportunity that's that's there this weekend what what uh you you just because you're right that old ballpark was such a dump i mean the place really it was an erector set it was a joke of a ballpark. yeah um but this the, the kentucky team have you have you seen a lot of them this year i know we've we've spilled some of the beans of what they do as a as a group 
do you have any other anything else in that scouting report as to what we'll be watching? No, I think the biggest thing you'll see, they're still very athletic. They just went away. And you remember years ago when John Cohen was there, he later went on Mississippi State. They were just mashers. They kind yeah. of played the same thing that, you know, kind of Coach Tanner. It was a very similar offense in a sense, very little sack bunning, mostly power. He completely went the other way this year. They went to – so you're going to see a lot of hit and runs. You're going to see guys moving. You might see a delay steal. It'll be some things you don't just see in an SEC game normally. So they're going they're gonna to do some things on the bases and try to attack you more than what you normally see in that case. But, again, this was a big year for their coach too. So there's still that component, again, of back against the wall, not only make a regional, but if we don't make a regional, then we may be going in a different direction here. So there's going to be some – you know, a little bit of riverboat, you know, I wouldn't say riverboat gambling, but I guess I shouldn't Uh-oh. say that was what I was Careful. going on in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be checking our phones. But uh, I think you'll see some things that you just don't normally see with the offense, the hit runs, the delay steals. Yeah. Alabama, you mentioned that Alabama thumped fifth-ranked Vandy last night. Vanderbilt is one of every ranked team in the SEC this weekend that's on the road. LSU. Yeah. South Carolina, Florida, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and Tennessee. So a lot of programs that are uh, fighting for the postseason, Kentucky, Georgia, Auburn, A&M, Alabama, they get their opportunity this weekend to really improve that resume. All right, before we let you run here, Coach, I want to get your uh, evaluation of Coach Kingston's ejection last weekend uh, (laughs) because – it was it was twofold, you know. The um, we're all baseball guys, so we know the inner workings sometimes of an ejection. JC and I were together. JC was in town last weekend, and J- we were on the way to the house listening to the first part of the game. And JC, what did I tell you in the truck? I said I give him about thirty minutes, and he's probably yeah. not going to be in this game much longer. <laughs> it was, was preordained. Yeah, and it was literally about thirty minutes later. He gets he gets house. He he was so right is that though. A jinx? By the way, no. would that be considered a jinx? No, no. I don't but, know. It, you could tell it was coming. It's a frustrating it was, weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. It was, yes. it was a frustrating. You already hit the nail on the head. Balls and strikes. It's they. They've got. Oh. This cannot continue. They've got to fix it. And I and, and you know it, people need to get this whole thought of robots and this that and the other out of their mind. This is freaking baseball. Yeah. Um, and um, so you knew it was coming. He was right. The luckily, you know. Derek and Tommy saved the world when you get some of these guys on TV. They had no idea what he was arguing. The clock was at zero. The pitch should not have been thrown. It should have been ball four, bases loaded. But he also used that as an opportunity to, well, let me see if I can get my guys going here. And you could tell the way he came out of the dugout. He was he knew what was yeah. about to happen. So one to ten scale, you, you give him a nine, 9.5? Well, I thought it was very George Bredish coming out of the dugout. I mean, it was coming out with a, as you said, a purpose. What's frustrating to me is there's no way to come out and argue that on that situation without the umpire thinking you're just arguing balls and strikes. Bingo. I mean, you're trying to, unless they come up, if we're going to use these stupid shot clocks, I guess you need a flag or something you can wave. Because I'm disappointed that the SEC network, see, those announcers are never in the ballpark. I know. So, and you can tell on the TV game, there's no noise. And thank goodness, Derek, I was listening to the radio. Actually, I just walked out of my house. I'm like, yeah, I had it on in my truck listening to Derek and Tommy DVR the game. So I went back in and watched it. 
But without them, they thought it was the whole time just balls and strikes or a check swing. So I thought it was, unfortunately for King, it was his second one, which led to a suspension. But I thought, I'm like y'all, I thought that was a, if you were going to get run, that would be the day to do it. And you would hope that the guys would rally on it, which I thought they did. And now you just, I guess you kind of got to be quiet here for a while because you don't want to get that third one too soon or they'll hit you with more of a suspension. So, but yeah, it was, as a coach, it's very frustrating. We're going to have clocks. We're going to make them visible and you're not going to enforce it. That thing was on zero talking to Derek and them for at least a two count before the pitch was ever made. So Jeez. It's, just, it's all screwed up. They've, they've screwed it up so bad that they don't they, – I don't – maybe they know. I don't know. I, I, have no, I don't even know what to say anymore. But the fact that you've been a head coach, uh, and the, the, this is ridiculous. It, it drove me even more bonkers. JC, we were talking about this on the porch um, – sitting on my porch, not Bobby's porch. That <laughs> when you walk out of the dugout, I don't care if you come out of there like a bat out of hell or like a, like a little mouse. In the old days, the umpires would stand there, and if you had something to say, they'd at least let you say your piece, okay? I mean, he's not going to come out and hit him. I mean, this isn't MMA. You know, it's it's baseball. This is the way that the sport has always been. The fact that these guys can tell you to stay on the other side of that, that chalk and then just toss you and walk away from you and hope that your other three guys come in and interject, this has gotten ridiculous. And, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. Well, it goes back to my soapbox. Why do the umpire, at least the crew chief, not have to talk to the media after games? Right. I mean, that, I know in the 70s, 80s, 90s, that's fine. Maybe that wasn't it. Well, everyone's held accountable now, from our law enforcement to coaches to teachers. How are umpires and referees still so protected in the game that they don't ever have to go to a press conference after a game, be asked by a reporter, did you realize the clock had been on zero for two to three seconds? That's why Coach Kingston was coming out and go, no, we did not realize. Right. And I'm just shocked that that still hasn't got to this point. These guys are getting paid a lot of money. This is no longer volunteers jumping out there to do games on the weekend. These guys are professional college umpires, and I think – that accountability needs to be on them too on those certain things. To I just agree. say, hey, once we realize what he did, he's still ejected. I'm fine with the ejection, but no suspension. There should be no suspension for that. But no, the fact and there's, that there's no, no appeal or any process like that either. Post you know, game. No. that's ridiculous. No. Nuts. They screwed it up. As good as this league is, first of all, it even this even shouldn't even be a league issue. This is an NCAA baseball issue you go to Winthrop there is no clock there are no replays yada 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 you play at home you got all this crap and they can't get it right so all right well before I go let me give you one Kentucky Derby story if y'all got time oh yeah oh yeah all right so I'm at Ole Miss Dan McDonald was the master of a oh (laughs) (laughs) I, I think he's I think did he just hit the he might have got a phone call. There he is. There he is. He's back now. Is he back? All right. You, you, you got to restart. Uh, we got. Is he? Uh, oh no. Oh, this, this is a Mac story. Too. Uh, oh, 
Maybe maybe we can get him out and restart. Is he there? Can you hear us, Coach? Oh, and he just left. He was in. Yeah, and he was see out. if he'll come back in. and uh, Yeah, we'll give him a second to adjust. And um, and get hit because – Anytime you tell a Mac story, man, you gotta you gotta get that in, old, old Buckethead. <laughs> but not man. Buckethead like JC, like he wears bucket hats sometimes. I actually don't wear bucket hats; they're too no, 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 that's all. I mean, I'm talking about Coach. Yeah, I'm talking about Coach, coach Slake. Yeah. Uh, oh my, my dad, yeah, yeah, Dan. Okay, I yeah. got you. Yeah. Oh well, well that sucks. I, I did. While we're here, I want to give a shout out. Um, my buddy Josh just. Uh, Texted me. He's a longtime listener to his show. He lets his kids listen to the show, which uh, is awesome. Uh, he's a teacher up in Boiling Springs. He says uh, his daughter, Ansley, is in seventh grade and broke the Boiling Springs high school track record in the 3200 that have been held since 2010. So this is a seventh grader breaking a high school record at Boiling Springs. That's what we used to call it, Boiling Springs. Boiling Springs. Um, yeah, and, there's, uh, no, there's no boil in Boiling Springs. I know. Yeah, he says, fingers crossed, she gets to run for Carolina. So, congratulations, Ansley. Right. Yeah. Uh, great Bowling Springs Bulldog and a promising young track star there in Spartanburg County, my home. So, uh, that's awesome. Wanted to, to give a shout out there. Uh, also, Hayne asked for the average jambalaya t shirt link. Uh, Phil sent it to you. And uh, just when you order it, let, uh, if there's a place to put in the notes or email me your size, uh, and I can get that right out to you because we always want to spread. The, the word on average jambalaya, right? Coach Lake came yeah. back. Hold on, Hold Coach Lake, he's back. back. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Let's listen. He's to the made story his now. triumphant return. That's right. <laughs> Everything okay? Yeah, it's good. I, but I'm not. This is too good a story to not. <laughs> so, so Dan was the. Ma- Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Dan was the master of getting out of riding the bus. So he would come up. So he gets us a donor to fly us from Oxford to Lexington. Well, we're going to go in on game day, which was really always nervous to me. We get caught in Kentucky Derby flight traffic, so we can't land at the local airport. So we're constantly back. you got to think, this is 2004 or 5, so we didn't have great cell phone connection from in a plane. But on the plane, the players keep texting me, great hotel. Love the hotel. I was in charge of hotels. So finally I called Coach Carl Lafferty, who's still there, and I said, hey, dude, I got the hotel late because I didn't realize it was a Kentucky Derby, but it's a nice hotel. Why are they all texting me? And I don't know if y'all remember when Larry Flint was going to try to compete against Hooters and started his version. Do y'all remember those? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, it was – right beside our team hotel in Lexington. So Dan and I arrived late to the pregame. I get there just in time to throw BP and Mike Bianco is staring holes through me. And as I finally get to talk to coach Bianco, he only looks at me and says, Hey, we better win this damn game. Cause he is mad at me for the rest of the weekend. We swept Kentucky. Thank God. Because we stayed in the only hotel we could find beside Larry Flint's restaurant, and our players, the ones that were 21, of course, had a great weekend. The others, who knows what they did. But I just think of that Kentucky Derby. It is the craziest weekend to play at Kentucky. They will have a crowd that they don't normally have there. 
and then you throw graduation on top of it. As we kind of see it today on TV, you'll see it's a little bit different crowd for their Kentucky Derby weekend. So hopefully Gamecocks can jump on them early too. <laughs> well, I asked Derek if him and Tommy be wearing bow ties yesterday, and he goes, no. <laughs> that well, was it. No. It's a it's a fun weekend to be there, but I, I do. I apologize. I dropped my service on you here, and I got to run back in to speak to okay. the two teams between, but thank you all for having me. No, we appreciate it, Coach. Oh, thank Thanks you. for all the extra time, man, and uh, and pull them through. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week. There you go, Coach Stewart Lake. It's a uh, eleven fifty eight as we get towards the end of the hour here. Speaking of Derek, he did just text me a little bit ago, and <laughs> all right, all right, I'm not tweeting this out. So all of you, listen up, all you TV birds, listen to my <laughs> advice. Derek, I'm reading this word for word, okay? Word for word. From Derek Scott. Forget what I said on the air yesterday about the SEC plus talent at Kentucky being very good. <laughs> Apparently, they decided to cut costs by taking radio feed on their SEC plus broadcast. Darren Hendrick is good, but obviously going to be a little bit UK oriented. So, <laughs> so all of you that are going to get, I'm telling you, listen here now, Jan, Craig, Brian, all of you, tell all your buddies that got little Twitter pay accounts and they're going to get out there tweeting all night long about how bad the SEC Plus coverage is. A homer call it is. Yeah. Tell them, tell them right now, cut on Derek and Tommy if you want to watch it on TV and you can use my way of doing it. Pull it up on Alexa, hit pause until TV catches up, and then hit play, and it'll go. You'll be all right. Okay? We got it? Saving right. the day. Derek Scott, saving the day. That's right. Jeez. They're putting right. the home radio call through on the national broadcast. <laughs> you got to love it. <laughs> Cutting costs. Okay. This is the league Disney that's bringing in hundred million a year, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Disney, Disney just cut seven thousand jobs, folks. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, they're, 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 Did you not leave enough money down there, JC? <laughs> I know, no doubt. It's kind of hard for me to say that. You know? Right. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we're out of time in hour one. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters in South Carolina and in Georgia. You need something painted. That's where you're gonna go. Let me paint something.com. Tristan, you're the man, brother. You are the man. Thanks for what you do. We appreciate it. And thanks for keeping costs low, by the way, speaking of that conversation. When we return, we'll get into some Gamecock football. JC is chomping at the bit. He's got all kinds of stuff to dish out. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, 
Well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Oh, stephanieperrymore.com. What am, what's going on? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Are we promoting Derek Moore's wife today? That's fine. Uh, why not? But I mean, I've like, everything has completely gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you that haven't heard I don't about know. the book series. What's so, playing so. in the background? I have no idea. Can y'all hear that? I don't hear anything. We got Chris. No, I, I hear nothing. Yeah. I hear nothing. It's finally not me having the technical difficulties, so that at least makes me feel a little bit better. Dude, I – okay. I think we're back to normal now. Can you hear – can everybody hear me? Yes. <laughs> all good. No. Yes, okay, good. We're all good. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Professionally <laughs> brought to you by <laughs> – Express yeah, uh, of Columbia. Apparently, uh, and uh, we're joined you now by Urban McKellar Enterprise Guest Line <laughs> by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. I have no idea what the hell's going on, guys. Give me a minute. I'm trying to figure this out. But y'all take over from here. Chris, what's up? Hep, welcome back from your vacation, man. <laughs> yeah, JC, JB, Phil. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me on once again. I, I don't know if any of y'all have ever been on a cruise, but it's crazy. I feel like I'm still like wobbling around a bit so i'm gonna try my best to not fall out of my chair because it's crazy i think my body got used to like kind of going with the the waves if you will so but anyways great to be back obviously great to be back in studio chatting with you guys and i, I know too the last time i was talking with uh it was jb and phil specifically i was like driving through a rainstorm so this is much better oh, excited yeah. for a big yeah excited for a big weekend though and uh, again appreciate you guys having me on I think Phil's a little wobbly himself, so <laughs> sorry about that. Not sure what's going it on. Up there. It happens. Uh, so the cruise was good. You had a good trip. Yeah, it was a good Where'd time. You, where, where did y'all go? Yeah, we went to the Bahamas, Nassau, Half Moon K, that typical deal. Uh, celebrated my sister's birthday. That was the whole reason we went. So uh, my sister and her husband and family all went. We had a really good time, and 
Um, it was a carnival cruise line, so it got a little got a little wild. At least the people watching, <laughs> if you will, it was a uh, met. Uh, it's crazy. You realize how small the world is when you go on a cruise. I met people that were from my hometown. I met a couple of Gamecocks, believe it or not. Uh, people that comment on our show, I think on you guys' show as well. So it was just crazy how you just sort of bump into people, run into people. But we had a good time. Like I said, my sister's birthday celebration. And uh, I, I don't know when the next time they'll all go because, you know, it's you get like four or five days in and you're like, man, I, I feel like I'm just so cooped up in this little box. You know what I mean? So, and especially when you do what we do, you know, I paid for the internet in the room as an extra just to keep up with everything and produce as much content as possible. But I am so grateful for fast Wi-Fi guys. I can't, I can't even begin to explain it. So uh, again, I'm, I'm excited to be back, man. And again, thrilled to uh, take in what's going to be a really, really big weekend this weekend in Lexington. Hey, isn't it not to, not to drag this out and not talk about the Gamecocks, but isn't it true in Nassau? Like when you get off the boat, they're like, you need to stay in this area. Like if you go outside, there. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it, Nassau was cool. You know, we went and saw the Queen's Staircase, which if you've never heard of that, it's basically like the Queen of Nassau. They built this humongous staircase with the amount of stairs represents the amount of years they thought she would be in rule. So that was a really cool. I mean, it's been there. I think Nassau was first discovered as in like fourteen ninety eight or something like that by Christopher Columbus. So really, really cool history there. But yes, to your point, there are certain areas you don't want to go and. Uh, you better be able to say no really quickly when you get off the boat because it's just people left and right trying to sell you stuff. And uh, thankfully for me, I've got a bit of a sales background, so I can easily say no to people. But uh, we went to Junkanoo Beach, which is like the public beach there. It's right next to the Margaritaville Resort. But you definitely want to stay kind of on the course. I don't know, JB, that I would wander too far off into uh, – into Nassau, if you will. But, uh, no, it was fun. But I, there are some really nice parts, too. I and mean, I was looking. There's tons of great golf courses and stuff like that, like 10 miles from downtown. So I'd like to go back and check that out because it looks beautiful. But we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And But, yeah, definitely will test uh, your patience a little bit. We'll say that. Yeah. yeah I've heard I've heard that. Yeah. We uh, All right. We to Nassau a little farther than we wanted to, my wife and I, once. And it's uh... – <laughs> It's do not do do not yeah. get in the taxis. I did not do that, but I heard from people that basically what they'll tell you is they'll take you to your destination for like twenty bucks, and then you have to be back at a certain time to get back on the boat. And they'll say, "All right, it's three hundred dollars to get back." It's like it was just ten dollars to get here, and they're like, "All right, you either pay or you don't have a ride." So yeah, it's, oh. it's uh yeah you the scammers are out and about. They, they, they will get you. You got to be careful wow. for sure. You got to be careful. Wow. Yeah, that would. Oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right, man. Well, um, uh, we uh, we do have baseball tonight. Welcome back. Carolina's in the bluegrass against Kentucky. We were just talking to Coach Lake. Of course, he was on the staff that went up there and swept the Wildcats uh, two years ago. But that's rare. Generally, it's a it's a cat fighter, cock fighter, however you want to term it. Uh, wow. When you when you got to go up to, when you got to go up to uh, Kentucky. And they're, I mean, they're not fighting for their postseason lives, but, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago that they were considered a top eight national seed, potentially. And they're not even considered a host right now because of their recent struggles. So we're going to get everything they've got. Hmm. I mean, every weekend, JB's a big weekend in SEC play, but, I mean, you think about it for Kentucky, right? Sitting, like you mentioned, uh, at 11-10 and 10 in SEC play, 30-13 and 13 abroad, but they've lost four in a row. You know, lost to Louisville last week in the midweek, and then you get swept against Vandy. And like you mentioned, just 
a couple of weeks ago what I think they were a top 15 team. And like you said, if they had kind of gotten hot or stayed hot, they could have been in that top eight national seed conversation. So, uh, I mean, we, we talk about every weekend's a big weekend for South Carolina, and especially when you get to the month of May, right? This is the first weekend baseball in the month of May, and it's just crazy to think we've only got three regular season conference weekends left. That's why I tell people early on, hey, enjoy every single midweek, enjoy every single weekend because it flies by. We'll be at the SEC tournament before you know it, but – Really now the emphasis is on postseason implications, right? And you talk about a resume booster from the Kentucky side and what this would mean, right? They're on their home field. They're 11 and 10. If they're going to make any type of run at the end of the season, I think you look at it, Nick Mingione, I'm sure he's telling his club, like, it's got to start here, right? It's got to start here taking on this South Carolina team. And they know they've got a good ball club, right? I mean, they played LSU really tight, won a game there, could have taken two of three. That Vandy series, two of three games could have went the other way. And like you mentioned, not so long ago, they were a top 15 team nationally. So Kentucky, you know, one of those teams, just really one of those sneaky good teams in the SEC, right, that uh, if you're not careful, certainly, and even if you play good baseball, if they have a good weekend, they can certainly beat you. So it's a huge weekend for the Cats, but also for the Gamecocks, you try to cling on to that, that top eight national seed, if you will. And, hey, you didn't get punished last weekend for having a bad weekend against the Auburn Tigers. You didn't get punished in the polls, if you will, because you can get away. We talked about this, guys. You can get away with having one bad weekend because it happens to everybody. But the last thing you want to see is it become a trend. And I don't expect it to, right? I mean, the three starts we saw from Sanders, Mahoney, and Becker. I mean, I feel like that's like hitting the lottery. Like, that's just not going to happen again, that all three of your starters pitch that poorly. I think they'll bounce back in a big way. And I think it's going to be a great series, but I do have South Carolina taking two of three. And like you mentioned, JB, it's just been a weird place to play, right? I mean, you swept the last time you were there. But other than that, I mean, some of South Carolina's best teams have just gone up there and for whatever reason. It's, it's just been a weird weekend. They've just struggled, you know what I mean? So we'll see if they yeah. can avoid that. But I do think the Gamecocks will get the job done this weekend. Yeah, that. The SEC East, when you really think about it, like I, I have so much respect for pretty much all of the atmospheres in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. And then when you look in the East, like outside of South Carolina, and I get it, this is a homer comment, but I'm standing by it. The rest of those places suck, man. Mm-hmm. Missouri sucks. I actually like Athens more than all the all the rest of them. I haven't been to Florida's new ballpark. I've been to Tennessee. That place sucks. Um Kentucky is a nice new ballpark, but the way that they've got it designed, it's a it's a crackerjack box. It always has been. Do you remember the old one we were just talking about? There's a coach like it was an erector set. The place was a dump. <laughs> I mean, it was it was horrible. Mm. Like these these road trips in the East, they just mm. stink. But the one thing Kentucky's really really truly missing this year mm. is that big. Like they've got 15 quad one wins. They've got the mm. number one RPI. They've got all that stuff. They're missing the statement series win. They've got some nice series wins, but the statement series win is what they're missing. And, boy, do they have three opportunities uh, to get it with us, with Carolina at Tennessee, and then Florida the final weekend. Yeah, I mean, they took on LSU, and like we mentioned, dropped two of three, and then Vandy swept you. So uh, this is a big, I mean, a huge opportunity for them. You look down the slate the rest of the way, they're at Tennessee next weekend and then Florida to close it out. So I'm sure, again, they look at their schedule, and we talk about the emphasis on winning on your home field, and you got the Gamecocks coming to town. So, I, you know, you know Mingione's going to have those guys ready, but I, I want to echo your point, certainly, JB, that South Carolina, I think it's easily they have the best atmosphere in the SEC East, and it's right up there with the top two or three in the conference as a whole. But, uh, yeah, none of the other atmospheres, you know, I've, I've only been to Lindsey Nelson. I went there last year. And, I mean, obviously that Tennessee team last year was 
throughout the regular season, the best in college baseball. But that atmosphere, yeah, it's it's that stadium sucks. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. That stadium Terrible. sucks. I've never been to Foley. I would love to get there, get to Athens. Uh, I mean, again, Florida, shiny new ballpark. What's the atmosphere really like? There's a reason Kevin O'Sullivan was was mulling over the idea of leaving because he didn't love the way Florida treated the sport of baseball and their investment in the program. Uh, Kentucky, shiny new ballpark. How much do they care about baseball? You know, Vandy, great team, but the ballpark stinks. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Gamecocks, without a doubt, have by far the best atmosphere. I mean, it rivals Mississippi State. It rivals uh, Arkansas. You know, Michael Braswell, obviously, again, there's some bias there, but he talked about, you know, it's the best environment I've ever played in as a college baseball player, and he's played at some pretty big-time places. So, And the Gamecocks, of course, not to look too far ahead, we'll get a dose of that next weekend when they go to Baum to take on Arkansas. So, uh, either way, though, it's always tough when you go on the road in the SEC and, you know, especially coming off losing two of three to Auburn. And uh, I would say Kentucky is very comparable, if not better than the Auburn Tigers. So, you know, it'll be an interesting weekend for sure. You need all three of your starters to bounce back and Kentucky can swing it. They can also run to JB. I'm sure you've seen this 70 of 92 on the base pass. They've got some dudes that can really scoot. And, you know, with South Carolina kind of shuffling around their lineup, Cole Messina and Jonathan French seeing, seeing time back. And they've both been really good defensively, but it's going to be a test for your pitchers and your catchers to to limit the running game. Absolutely the last thing you want to see happen. I thought they did a good job against Vandy when the Gamecocks went to Nashville. You need a similar effort in this one. So, again, I think South Carolina's in a good position to bounce back. I don't think they're going to let last weekend linger. You get the midweek at Winthrop and kind of get that momentum back going. But, uh, you know, all phases need to be clicking this weekend because it's really going to be a tough three games, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. I think Kingston said it, you know, when – he was on the show before talking about defense and kind of versatility across the team. And, and it kind of settles me down when I start looking at, Oh my gosh, we're playing our starting catcher at third base. So, you know, this, you know, French is now behind the plate. He hasn't been there consistently all year, you know, with the pitchers, you know, but, um, but Kingston said, I mean, we were talking about, you know, Lee Croy, Messina, Cassis, French specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, really just being ha- being versatile enough to play anywhere you really need them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of settles my mind a little bit. The only thing that doesn't, I guess, is the turf. But you know, Coach Lake said the turf's a little different in Kentucky than it is on <laughs> up in Vanderbilt. But, I mean, what the hell? I mean, the nickname of the damn state is Bluegrass State. You could at least have some <laughs> real grass in the damn field. I know. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm like, you know, really? Y'all have turf? Oh, the Bluegrass State? Oh, jeez. But, yeah, yeah that's it, what kind of settles my mind, Chris. I think yeah, they do play a different style of ball than what mm-hmm. we've been seeing and what we're typical, what's typical of the conference. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just, you know, we got to have some faith in that, you know, during the fall and, and you know, preseason practices, they, they've kind of prepared a little bit. Yeah, you talk about a different style of ball. I mean, South Carolina sitting at 98 home runs. Kentucky's got 28 and they yeah. still have done the damage they've done to this point. So it is a different style. And you mentioned the turf, too. I, I don't worry too much either defensively. I mean, you got a bunch of guys that can play a bunch of different positions, and they work those guys out all throughout the fall and all throughout the preseason just in case you get in positions like this, right? I mean, it, you're going to need all hands on deck when you get towards end of the season, get the postseason. Some guys are going to do some things that maybe they haven't really done before. They're they're not accustomed to, but it's why guys like a like a Caleb Denny and some of these other pieces that step up, a Jonathan French, that maybe they don't see the most time throughout the season. Those guys become really, really important down the stretch. You need all those pieces, like I said, to make a run in the postseason, if you will. So I don't worry too much defensively. It is different playing on turf. I and mean, we've seen South Carolina – 
have great success on turf, we've seen them struggle, right? We've seen games at Texas and Vandy, and again, those fields are a little bit different. Those are those are pitchers' dreams, if you will, the way it slows down the baseball. But, uh, you know, we also saw this Gamecocks team, not the exact same team, but we saw South Carolina go on the road 2021 to get the sweep. So I don't worry too much defensively. Um, you know, Kentucky can swing it for sure. I mean, I, I think, guys, as simple as it is, it really just does come back to your starting pitching. I mean, you just you just didn't have a chance last weekend. There's a reason you didn't even leave in the series until that Sunday game. So you need all three of your guys, Sanders, Mahoney, and uh, Becker to bounce back to give you quality starts and give your bats a chance to catch up, right? Because I don't care how good you are offensively. You get down 5 6 nothing. I, you know, all the momentum's gone. They're feeling good. Pitchers on the other side, they can attack. We've seen it work in South Carolina's favor, right? So being able to get a quality start, especially with, you know, I feel like I sound like a broken record because we say it every week, but Will Sanders getting this thing started off the right way. I know he had the one bad bad inning last Friday, but all it takes in this conference is that one bad inning to undo an entire start. So you really need him to be that Friday night ace to set the tone for the weekend. And I think if he can do that, you're going to be set up for success. I agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll add this quickly and get your final thoughts on it here, Chris. It's a lefty ballpark. Denny's getting hot at the right time. Casas needs to get going. Those are the two I've circled this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caleb Denny for sure, man. I, I expect to see a lot more of him after going seven of nine against the Auburn Tigers. And again, JB, like I mentioned, he's just another piece that, you know, it's crazy how his season has gone. He started out so red hot, and then it just felt like he got cold and he disappeared. And I'm like, where's Caleb Denny? Like, lead, is he still lead on off. the team? When yeah, they moved it. him to lead off, he yeah. was up here. Yeah, yep, it's something absolutely. switched for him for sure. But, again, that's another one that, I mean, this guy's got big-time experience, right, coming over from Oral Roberts. You can get him going. He's a quality ball player for you. And so, you know, the the lefty favorable lineup, it should be something those guys are used to because Founders Park is the same way. Gavin Cass is another name, man. You, you got to get him going. And I think he's a dude. The reason you continue to run him out there is because you believe he's going to be – uh, he's one of your big-time contributors, and you're going to need him throughout the postseason, right? You can't just abandon him at this point. So uh, I, I think those guys, you believe in them, they'll get going for sure. I, I look at Cole Messina as another one, JBI circle, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, just the the emotional leader of this team, I think, on the field and in the clubhouse. I, I look at him sort of the heart and soul of this ball club, so to kind of keep the ship righted, if you will. But uh, it's a big opportunity. And, I mean, again, anytime you can win two of three on the road, although Kentucky's unranked, don't look at that. Look at the fact that, again, you're bouncing back the right way, going on the road, taking care of your business. That will be a big-time series dub. And, uh, you know, again, the postseason implications for this weekend, top eight national seed you want to maintain, SEC tournament seeding, you know, the R- your RPI, which obviously factors into the postseason stuff. So uh, the SEC race, by the way, South Carolina could potentially win the SEC East and the SEC as a whole, but the only way to do that is uh, take care of business this weekend. And, of course, you got Arkansas and Tennessee to close it out. So need two of three this weekend badly, especially when you look ahead to, to what's on the schedule. Number one in the RPI are the Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Didn't, can't do more for your <laughs> for your resume than beating yep. those guys yep. uh, this weekend. Great stuff, man. I know your, your program's coming up in 10 minutes, so we'll let you uh, take a quick bathroom break, get refreshed, and get going. <laughs> JC, JB, Phil, always a pleasure. And JC, I'll talk to you at 115, my friend. I appreciate you guys. All right, buddy. Yep, y'all be good. Take care. Glad he survived Nassau as well. All right, uh, we got to hit a timeout. We are teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com, the coolest club in the Carolinas, almost 45 golf courses between North and South Carolina. If you play golf or want to play golf, you don't want to play anywhere but with these guys. TravelingCountryClub.com, there's a course for every type of golfer out there, I promise you.
that. We will hit a quick timeout inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell, Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, is how to get in touch with them about potentially turning your backyard into an outdoor retreat for the summer. And we don't have an hour to sponsor. I do every time, JC. I was like, <laughs> I'm expecting an hour to sponsor, and, you know, nothing's there. <laughs> Yeah, that is something we shall have to remedy. That's right. right? That's right. Mm, if you want right, my then. dulcet tone sponsoring and talking about how awesome your business is, send me an email at inside the gamecocks at gmail.com. All right. So happy uh, Friday to you, Lance. He just got yeah. in the chat box. Just what up, player? How's it going? Um, I'm trying to think of some of these questions we've had. I'm looking um, back. Somebody said they bought a bike from Michelle yesterday. Yeah, hey, awesome. Yeah, Hayne. Hayne did it. Awesome. Hayne. Electric Box of yeah. Charleston yesterday. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your support. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, she, uh, my understanding is that the event on Saturday in Charleston, she sold three. So that's pretty oh, good. Man. You know, she, she sponsors the show and is a Carolina Rise business member. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. uh, both of her businesses are. And so we certainly, uh, am happy about that anytime. Like I said, I went on a big rant yesterday or a big speech yesterday about it. I mean, you guys, if you want an electric bike, go to electric bikes, Charleston and buy one. And that helps us and helps everybody. Uh, if you're going to buy one anyway. Right. For sure. So, um, so that was good. Uh, somebody asked under overall Nick Harbor touches this year. That's interesting because you know, 100. I, I, if he gets a hundred a hundred touches next year he's national he's going to new york for the heisman and carolina's going to the sugar bowl spitzer rattler um, seven thousand passing yards nick harbert's eight catches for 99 yards plus seven (laughs) thousand we've been pinned on the one a lot matt seller says he said listen to us daily but rarely get to live enjoy the show and had a blast at the carolina rise event with his family 
Thank you. We man. appreciate that. Yeah. Lance's barbecue beer in America is my slogan as well, JC. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's that shirt that I got from Walmart over the weekend. <laughs> if, if, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I actually cut up that segment and put some pictures in it, uh, and it's on YouTube. Yeah. It says how JC. It's titled "How JC Works." I'm, do how I JC? have any pictures of that? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any pictures of that. And I'm gonna. Well, I, I got them, so they're on you. They're on YouTube. So it's. Uh, uh, I've, I've got myself with the in a group photo with the pictures. But anyway, as far as football recruiting goes, guys, um, I can just tell you that there is a lot of activity right now, and, and there's a lot of stuff that people like me and Hale and others, uh, we just while it's kind of. Uh, I don't know that it's top secret. It's a very, it's all delicate when you're dealing with the portal and depth charts and who you're recruiting and stuff like that. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you all in at some point, but it's, uh, you know, and I'm not quite sure that I have all the details right now because there's so much going on and you hear so many things. So be patient. I can tell you the coaching staff is, uh, addressing the two major needs that everybody talks about, uh, running back and D end. And, um, and that's it. You know, that, that's, a, that's, a, I can just say they're addressing it. And if things work out a certain way for Carolina or, or really a number of ways, uh, with this collection of folks, uh, I think that, um, I think you're going to be happy. Right. So, uh, but you don't, nobody wants to do anything, uh, to negatively impact a potential happy outcome, do they? You, no. you don't. You don't. Don't ruin the happy ending, right? Nope. Yeah. Well, got to get so, there. So, don't tell yeah, some people that. Got to get there. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of names floating around, and you guys can kind of latch onto that or whatever. But uh, I think that uh, you know the staff continues to do a great job in recruiting and being resourceful, identifying guys, going after guys. I, you know, I. They're on the road now as part of the eval period. There's new offers going out every day for 2024 and 2025 because you kind of recruit two in a row. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this uh, these last finishing touches on the 2023 roster go. Um, I have a feeling they're going to go pretty well. Everybody's going to be pretty happy. uh, And they're going to patch some holes or potential holes, you know, because I don't. You know, like a defensive end, yeah, they need depth. Yeah, they can't sustain injuries. Um, depending on how much three-man front they play this year, I, I thought they could really even get by if the worst-case scenario happened, they didn't get anybody, right? Um, running back, that that that's, to me, a little more concerning, not not because Juju McDowell and DeCarian Joyner and, and Mario Anderson uh, won't be good, because I, th- I kind of think they will be um, – but uh, you still need more than that. You know, think about at this university and in this program, how long has it been since there's been a year where you didn't have some sort of injury to one of the running backs? Yeah. Not 2017 because Dowdle and Williams were banged up. Certainly not 2018 because Dowdle, Dowdle and Williams were banged up. Uh, certainly not 2019 because Dowdle was banged up. Um, and, uh, missed and feaster missed some uh 2020 yeah they made it because kevin harris and deshaun fenwick made it through the year uh but marshawn lloyd was out before the season even started 
2021, Harris and all those guys, you know, it's kind of a revolving door. Uh, and then 2022, Marshawn Lloyd plays half the year. So that, that should tell you that, you, you know, you, it's, it's more rare than not that you get through a season unscathed at running back, at least something happening. So, you know, they need more, you know, because you, you get two or three injuries and all of a sudden you're depending on walk-ons back there. That's less than ideal. And so, um, you know, hopefully they're in the process of addressing that. Don't forget Dontavious Braswell uh, is coming in too. So they really have four uh, scholarship guys. And then if you add a fifth one, I think that's the ideal number. Um, you know, this is kind of the way the game's gone. I, I don't think you can uh, count on your running backs being perfectly healthy all year. No, you never can. And I mean, the the, the personal side of this is uh, there's a lot of really good dudes that are – in the running back room for South Carolina, I'd love to see all of them have some incredible success. But, um, I mean, gosh, JC, you go back to 2013 when Carolina uh, luckily had a kid who was pretty talented as their fifth string running back named Brandon Wilds because it can happy, happen quickly and it derails you if it does, right? So, like, I mean, if you're a running back in the SEC anyways, if you're a running back in general it, in big-time college football, let's not limit this to the SEC – you understand that it's a dime a dozen position. You got to have as many capable guys as you can have. And sometimes it's going to work out for you, sometimes it's not. And, um, you know, so although the individuals that are on the roster now, like, you know, Mario and DeCarrion and Juju and, you know, the Braswell kid will be in soon and we'll see what happens with Turbo. All guys who are capable, we know that. We know that they all want to play. We know that they will play. Uh, they also understand if you got a chance to add a kid who can play, you you have to do it for the betterment of your of your program uh, when you're trying to you know compete at a high level like South Carolina is trying to do. Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, that's 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 a given. Uh, so a little bit of news. Um, I believe this is a for a preferred walk on spot. Uh, unless I'm just going to be completely shocked, but Will Helmadollar, uh, local kid from Columbia, has committed. Uh, he's a tight end, class of 2023. So yeah, I think it's a walk-on situation from Ben Lippin School. Ah, there. Mm. So a Ben Lippin kid coming to the Gamecocks. Uh, he's a taller, good-framed player. I mean, he's about. Uh, you know, he plays outside linebacker, too. He's 6'3", 225. Um, so, pretty good player, uh, you know. So, I think uh, the, the Gamecocks, one of the things that has changed pretty well uh, under Coach Beamer um, is that the walk-on program is really in-state focused. And they're getting some guys that, you know, they're not your normal walk-ons. They have a shot, you know. And, and I think that – you know, having a robust walk-on program that's in-state focused at South Carolina also kind of helps you in a, to a certain extent avoid, you know, the kid that goes to wherever um, and ends up blowing up, and then everybody's wondering why you didn't offer him out of high school. Um, so, uh, and there are several guys like that, that that have walked on the last few years, and so um, this is one of the latest ones. I, I, I really, really uh, do think that that they are among the other things they're doing in terms of roster management uh, at Carolina now that it's very positive is this, this in-state walk-on program is, is tremendous. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I, when you see schools do it through the years, and he got that, Beamer got that from his dad because there was a, a load of Virginia uh, native walk-ons that walked on that were the Hokies. And we all remember Nebraska had a really good walk-on program for a long time too. So when they were rolling. So there you yeah. go. Will Helm a dollar. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah, but you're – but you're right about that, though, and 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 I think one of the things that you, well, you know this. I mean, you know this to be true. I'm not, um, I'm not not telling you something you don't already know. But one of the things that gets lost in in this JC the walk on program is the residual long term effect of relationships in the state, because you never know when a dude is coming from wherever that dude comes from, right? And that's one of the reasons why Coach Beamer and his staff have been so hell bent on having good relationships in the state of South Carolina, but not just good relationships with schools that have a player. They have good relationships as much as they can with every school. They go see every single school that they can see. And to your point just a moment ago, you know, there there's only a small group of players in, in the Palmetto State year in and year out that are truly this caliber of player, right, playing in the SEC or at a high level in college football, Clemson, wherever it may be. And but one of the things that you can also do to create some goodwill and 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 firm up relationships that will uh, allow you to be able to recruit these schools even better is to have a walk on program that does take the fringe kid. And and so you see that not just, you know, in the Midlands, that's close to home, but you see kids from the PD and from the low country and and you know the upstate and wherever it may be. Uh, these walk-ons will come from all over the place and they'll get into the program, be given an opportunity to be in the South Carolina football program. And while it's good for that kid, and that might be his dream, he might he might have been a kid who was good enough to play at Presbyterian, for instance, and but he, he just didn't, didn't really want to do it. And that happens. It happens all the time. It happens every year where you get kids who'd rather be a walk-on at the University of South Carolina or wherever, whatever state you're from than go play football at a different level. Um, and, but what it does when you really focus your walk on efforts in state is it allows you to continue building relationships with these coaches. So when a kid comes along, who might be a, an eighth grader or a freshman or whatever the case may be, guess what? You're going to be on him pretty early because you've got good relationships in that school. You've given kids a chance to do something that most people won't give them a chance to do. And that builds up a lot of goodwill and allows you to at least be in the door and the front door. Uh, when it comes time to really recruit these kids legally. Absolutely. Uh, I think it it is all about building relationships and, and, you know, you can have a walk on guy that, I mean, look, who was it? Um, When Ole Miss got Laquan Treadwell out of Illinois, uh, everybody thought they cheated, you know, (laughs) Uh, and they got, they got greedy and should have never taken Laramie Tunzel because that's the only one they couldn't explain. Uh, This was that top five, uh, top 10 class freeze had there. Um, The reason Laquan liked Ole Miss is because his teammate had gone to Ole Miss as a senior, as a walk-on. You never heard of this kid. Um, You know, so that does help you. Uh, You know, I I know that Desmond Umi Azulu uh, has a teammate now, and, and I think Maurice Brown Jr. is his name, that, that's from Charles Herbert Flowers that walked on, walked on at Carolina. Um, and that's helped with Mike Williams and Braylon Lee at that particular school. That's four kids in two cycles. Uh, and, and we pay so much attention in recruiting because we don't really 
you know, put up the walk on list and all that. Some of them are late deciding like home a dollar here, you know, and all that. So it's hard to track. And, and then some of them get cut, you know, um, some candidates. So it's, it's really hard to kind of, you know, keep up with that as, as fans, analysts, media, whatever. But, you know, the focus, you know, should be on the scholarship guys, but sometimes we get, we, we don't keep track of just like how much momentum a school may have at a certain uh, high school uh, because of they've taken a couple of walk-ons from there. I mean, so I think, uh, I think it, it, you hit the nail on the head, JB, it certainly is positive. It is, but I, I, I'm sorry I had to jump off. Uh, we had a closet installed and they were done. So I had to go make sure those guys were good to go. Um, you, you, I, when I jump back in though, you, you did mention, you were mentioning something about uh, electric bikes. I'm assuming Michelle also texted you about yesterday. Is that what you're talking about? No, hang no. on in the uh, chat box saying that he bought one yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Who, uh, whoever that is, because Michelle texted me. I mean, we know that they've sold a few bikes, but you know, the way marketing works generally, like, Phil, do you ever go into Publix and say, hey, I'm here because I saw your ad in the paper? That's not how it works. <laughs> we, knew, we, know that people, we know that people buy products and they don't walk in and tell everybody that they, that they heard about it from shows and whatever it is, and we really do appreciate that. But she texted me last night and said that uh, she, had, she had sold a couple of bikes yesterday from people who gladly walked in and said, uh, we heard about you from inside the Gamecocks. So thank you very much. We really do appreciate that. And um, I know that she does as well. They're doing very well over there, clearly, and they have excellent products. That's why we partner with them. But, um, yeah, so I, I caught the tail end of that, and I wanted to make sure that I knew you were talking about. So so, uh, yep. so thank you. Purchase my Sweet. bike. From, yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate yeah, Michelle, it. she is as sweet as they come. There's no doubt. Um, all right, we'll hit a uh, – I guess it'll be our final time out of the – of the work week, uh, Craig, uh, he must have started uh, on the on the booze a little early. Pup Howard was not here in Charleston, um, but if you saw him, then that's great. Maybe it was a photo from like downtown or something. Uh, but I'm not sure that he was. If he was at our event, he he did a fantastic job of describing yeah, uh, disguising it, it, himself. It, it wasn't Pup, and I'm not ready to move him yet. Everybody wants to move that kid right now. I'm not. I'm not. Look. I've seen it too many times where some bigger players that you want to move, like everybody wants to move Emin Mori to linebacker, and that's not happening. Um, you know, I, I learned my lesson when I wanted to move. I wanted to move Keanu Neal, pretty good safety, right? Keanu Neal that played at Florida for the Falcons. Uh, he was about two fifteen coming out of high school. I wanted to move him to linebacker. In fact, I projected him at that and ended up looking stupid. Another Florida player I wanted to move to end was Brandon Spikes. I think people wanted to move Jasper Brinkley to linebacker, um, you know, uh, and in this system too, that where the will linebacker position is a heavier guy, like, like Brad Johnson's the prototype for that spot. Um, I, I don't, I just don't know that pup's going to move for, for all you that, that want to move him. <laughs> um, but he is I don't, big. Think, I don't think pup Howard is moving from linebacker. I got, yeah, I think he's just going to be a 235, <laughs> 240 pound linebacker. Yeah. Th well, that's what they are at Alabama. And Georgia. I mean, that's yeah. it's okay. Yeah. That ha yeah. that happens. Mo Kaba is also going to be a linebacker. They play yeah. at that size in the league too. So yeah, you know, it's like just because <laughs> there's six three, six four, two hundred and fifty pounds. And I'm not Craig. I'm not. Uh, I'm not talking to you. By the way, this is not in, in, in this all. in general because yeah, everybody no, wants to see him. To do I that. keep hearing this. I'm like, wait a second here. Elite linebackers in the SEC are six three, six four, two hundred forty pounds. 
And you could also blame a lot of the run issues the last couple of years on less than stellar linebacker plays. So we're going to go ahead and take the best linebackers and just plug them in, bury them on the depth chart at in. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, those guys are going to be linebackers. So, and I think yeah. I pub, I think Pub could start. I think he could supplant Debo Williams. Uh, I think he's that good. As much as I am a Debo Williams fan, and if Debo puts it together, he's an assassin. So he's gonna he's gonna Shannon Wadley it up if if he gets if he gets it right. Uh, and I love that about him. But you know, Pup may just end up being better at the end of the day. But we'll see. We'll get a break. We'll be back. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the barndominiumco.com. That's the barndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening. Go two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from passes, and it's 2-0. Phil, did you get that picture I sent you? Yes. Okay. I did. I'm working on it now. Okay. It's wondering. in the format that. Do you get it? We, oh, yeah. The, the uh, name? Do I, yeah. <laughs> do, do I get it? Do I get it? Come on. I mean, I'm classic know. Phil. I get everything. 
Uh, this is accusing me of all sorts of stuff, but I get almost all of it. <laughs> You're not going to slip one by me, pal. <laughs> uh, okay, so it, it, what J, uh, Craig said? Okay, you are talking about Jalen Nichols. Yeah, they, yeah, they do look similar in the face. I got it. Okay, I sure. hear you. I can see that. Well done, Craig. Nice save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved that pump there, but um, we were encouraged to to focus on uh, upperclassmen and yeah. uh, not fr- not freshmen. So uh, yeah, well, we've, uh, yeah, well, they were good ones, all of them, and I agree with you, Craig. He probably will play at two forty. I mean, look, I mean, but you know, the the thing is too, and again, not to be the teacher here and try to talk down and tell people like. There, there are people who care. That's that's them. Like that's how they carry their weight. I mean, two forty. It's not like two forty is too big. Two forty. If that's what if that's what he plays at, that's what he plays at. That's just what his body is. Um, you know, he, I, I think sometimes we get um, we get a little bit crossed up, and I've, we've heard JC. You know, we've heard this before. Like, oh, he's going to be too big. Well, no, like there are some people that carry weight and handle weight a little bit differently. I mean, I played, you know, five nine one ninety, and people were like, he must have been a little bowling ball. I'm like, no, I wasn't. That's just my body type, you know? So like being six four two forty. 240, I mean, there's a dime a dozen of those guys in the league. And you know what? Let's just be honest here. Like Pup Howard's a guy who he's got a great crack at getting to the NFL. Uh, you just have to look at it. So, I mean, look at Jason. We we spent time with Mo Caba this weekend. What's he about two thirty five? Yeah, that's it's about two thirty two, something like that. D- um, doesn't look it, does he? Solid muscle. Yeah, it's lean. Yeah. I mean, I I tell you, the guy that has leaned up is Tyshawn Wanamaker. Oh, God, I mean, he, he looks like a defensive end. I mean, they, I he, think he they're has going no actually, stomach at all. You know, no, I think he's actually still putting on about. 15, 20 more pounds this summer is what I've kind of been led to believe. So he, uh, yeah, and he, I didn't even recognize him gearing up to play tackle. Right. So, uh, yeah. you need to shed that extra weight sometimes when you're going to play outside. And, uh, it's just come to the point where, you know, because of Never. the injury to Nichols and the lag, you know, injury to, uh, case and Henry, he's probably have to play, play tackle. So Phil, Phil never needs an excuse for tacos and beer, especially, Early in the morning, I guess. There you go. There's Derek. Derek just sent me this uh, picture a minute ago from uh, Kentucky, and he said, I've got your winner right here. If you notice the uh, the name of the horse, tap it trice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'd say Keeneland, isn't it? That's Keeneland. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's see. where that's where Nat and I went to Keeneland uh, when we were down for the Kentucky game. So. Tap it, Trace. <laughs> I mean, if once is good. <laughs> Derek, that's the favorite actually. For, I had the odds pulled up earlier, but yeah, that's actually uh, Tap it, Trice is the favorite. At uh, yeah. I think three to one. Tap it, tap it. Just tap it in. Um, yeah, he is. Where, wait, now, where, what did you just say, Phil? I believe tap, tap it in. He is five to one. Uh, yep, five to one. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and confidence game, and he keeps creeping up there, man. Now he's at seventeen to one odds. The morning line odds, he's at seventeen to one. So he got the money coming in on it. Oh boy, Joe Rice might be able to add something else to his resume. Derby winner. No, Forte is the uh, favorite. He's at nine nine to two. Nine. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Nine to two. Yeah, nine Forte. Two. Okay. Yeah, Forte's the winner. Um, I can't. So y'all. You'll you'll both be watching the Derby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to the Derby party at Mugshots again. Oh, here we go, fun. Phil. JC's social so, calendar is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. We got we got lunch with the in laws tomorrow for Nat's birthday because we we didn't get to it the other night, and then uh, got some honeydew stuff to do around the house tomorrow, and uh, then Derby party. Okay. Holla. Holla. Um, mm-hmm. Here's uh, here's um, we all know that it's national. Um, see if you can squeeze some of this into your your calendar here, Jason. We all know that, of course, it's Cinco de Mayo. Which, by the way, for those of you that celebrate Cinco de Mayo, thinking that you're celebrating Mexico's independence, you're not. Cinco de Mayo is celebrating what happened in I think it was 1862 when they fended off the French invasion. Mexico declared their independence in 1810 for anybody wondering. So this actually isn't even a day that Mexico celebrates, which is always laughable to me because Americans run around celebrating Cinco de Mayo. I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> what are you celebrating? The French who tried to take over Mexico 160 years ago? That's, do, do you even know that? Um, in addition, though, it is also National Hoagie Day, which, JC, you're in a great town for hoagies. And... It is National Totally Chipotle Day. Oh, gross. You don't like Chipotle? <laughs> totally no. Chipotle. I mean, it was very, when I used to work in an office building, it was very popular, like very popular, and you could smell it. And then if you had to go to the bathroom around one o'clock in the afternoon, you could smell it again. <laughs> and uh, it just, just reminds me of office nastiness smelling up the dang bathroom lunch. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. The kids love it. Like the moose, the youngest one, Cole, he'd rather have Chipotle than, you know, a steak. But uh, not I. I was a Moe's guy if I went to a place like that. Welcome to uh, But never, 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 never been a Chipotle guy. And uh, just uh, something about it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's really yeah, Moe's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Moe's too. I, I, I don't care one or the other, but I think there's more celebrating what Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle is not the restaurant, but I will say this: good day for it. The on Derby Day tomorrow, it is not only National Home Brew Day, nope. it is National Beverage Day. <laughs> In general, <laughs> it's also National <laughs> Nurses Day tomorrow, which my wife's a nurse practitioner, so I guess she falls into that. But more importantly than all of this. It is National Bombshells Day. Bombshells. All right. Mm. Bombshell. Well, that's uh Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you got to participate in secret. That's you bombshell. <laughs> yeah, bombshell. So, so, I mean, is it because you could have bombshell make... like like hot women, or you could have yeah. bombshell like a big like surprise? Well, that's or like uh, or. 
or it could be a military thing. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I did want to get to this question from Quantrell. Why do five-star athletes sign NLIs and that's national letters of intent? I feel like it'd be one-sided in favor of the university. Couldn't they technically just sign grant and aids plus get NIL money? Just the thought of this. You know, it's pretty heavily toward the student athlete as it is now, Quantrell. I think it's completely unfair to coaches trying to put together their rock. Oh, really? Oh, come on. <laughs> what? What's going on up Chicago? there? Uh, you know. <laughs> what a damn episode. <laughs> hey, I'm back. Am I back? Hey! <laughs> I was like, not today, Satan, man. I mean, that's like the third <laughs> time that's happened. It's like... It's like there's a raccoon. Now, by the way, I saw a huge raccoon in the yard the other night. Trash man. He's walking down my neighbor's stairs. Now nah, I think that'll get you. That gets you prison time up here in Illinois. Oh, you know? oh no. uh, But anyway, I think I, I think Quantrell's unfair to coaches. Uh, you know, trying to put together a roster. If a guy holds out, you're you're allowed to do it. Um, is it ethical? Is it the right thing to do? Um, no. And, and again, football is a developmental sport. Nobody's worth, nobody's got leverage, you know, like that money wise. And no, nobody's good enough to hold out to the highest bidder. And the players that have done this through the years, because there have been some, and I don't know what they were holding out for or if they hold out for whatever, um, they usually don't pan out. They usually bust big time. Because they, you know, the mentality there is I'm not going to go, I don't want to go be part of a team and a program and maximize my opportunity. Uh, it's that I am the opportunity. Like the, they have the attitude that these schools have an opportunity uh, to recruit me. Um, and, and that's just not the way the game works. I mean, you know, um, I think you should be able to sign a, a letter of intent at any time. Uh, and I think you should also uh, they also should be a little bit easier to get out of, you know, it, 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 in certain circumstances, like a, a coaching change, like, like, okay. So Tennessee that year, uh, Jeremy Pruitt kept on recruiting right through Shane's first recruiting class in South Carolina, signed the kid Byron Young, who just got drafted in the second round. Who's from South Carolina to Juco negative recruiting all the way. Tra la 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 la. And then he's fired a couple of months later and Heupel takes his place. Is that fair to those kids that signed for Tennessee? And Tennessee didn't let a single one of them out of their NIL or in NLI, mm. NLI, you know, all that stuff. Gold so, jacket, green jacket. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think there needs to be some provisions, but I, not not under any circumstances do I think a student athlete in the sport of football needs to like not sign and use it as leverage. I mean, you're, you're better off without that player, in my opinion. <sighs> And with that, we bring this week to a close. All of you whom are continuing to argue, not argue, debate, multi, or Moe's, wish you all the best of luck if you choose either. Sam says Taco Bell, definitely wish you the best of luck. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Craig hit the nail on the head. I don't need to say what he said, but you can read if you're watching. <laughs> um, that's about it. Like Carolina, you you 100. Carolina on the uh, 
Diamond tonight at 6.30. Again, a reminder, as Derek Scott passed along to us earlier, if you're planning to watch the game on TV, it will be Kentucky's radio broadcast. So don't complain about it. Turn on the South Carolina radio broadcast, and you'll be free and clear. Just watch and listen at the same time. It's called multitasking. We can all do it. Uh, Confidence game will win the Kentucky Derby. Joe Rice will become an instant hero. So hats off to Joe. That's my pick. Your final picks on the Derby. Phil, who are you going with? I got to go two Phils. I got to go two Phils. uh, JC, who are you going with? Uh, Whoever Steve Wolfong tells me to take. Uh, Oracle. (laughs) But you got to do it on the day of because otherwise you mess up the, 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 the juju there. The Juju's. All right. Reminder, next week our Born to Crow series begins. We'll be welcoming Robert Brooks, Don Ellerby, and Mark Burson, South Carolina Athletics Hall of Famers, former Carolina football player and NFL guy, and Robert Brooks, Mark Burson, the Hall of Fame coach, and Don Ellerby, an unbelievable track athlete. Cannot wait to get going on this. You're going to love it. You're going to love our guests every week. And, um, And we look forward to getting all of them in next week to speak with all of you thanks to Stuart Lake for speaking today and always thanks to JC and Phil let your bikes of Charleston we pointed out powers our program and we are built by the barn Doe co the barn dominium co.com check them out this weekend at the barn dominium co.com can't wait see you Monday at 11 right here on inside the Gamecocks the show from the Sinorama studios